Hey guys, we're here with Austin and Gunner today. Going to go over a few questions from you guys. Um, we wanted to start off something new for everybody, um, so we decided to utilize a podcast. You know, one of our goals is always to try to give back into things we're learning because we know that's going to help the next generation go even further. Um, and so I'd, I'd say over the last, um, you know, between the two of us, there's a good seven years of like actual training, really trying to figure out things on our own, um, being very fortunate enough to travel to uh, places all over the United States and learn from other coaches with, you know, 20 plus years of experience um, in the strength conditioning field. Um, and it's been just, it's been fascinating. Just, uh, we wanted to try to find a better way to get this information all out to you guys, um, just to help everybody. Um, so without further ado, we will get into our first episode of our Q&A series. We'll be doing one of these a month for you guys. Um, we'll be going over questions we've received from kids in the gym, um, parents of some of the athletes that we work with, as well as any of our athletes online. Um, it's just an easy way for us. We know if one of you guys has a question, there's got to be at least another one of y'all that um, also has that same question. So we wanted to knock it out for everybody at, at once. Um, so Gunner, one of the big ones. First off, tell us a little bit about yourself. So you've been here, what, like a year? Man, I met you in October of 2020. 2020. Um, and I think I started my... Dude, that's training. almost two years. Yeah, no, that's, wow. that's scary to think about, to be honest. But uh, I think I've been with you for about a year and a half. Um, really started getting into it about a year, last summer. Um, and then ever since then, it's just been picking up. I'm a former uh, college football athlete, big West Texas guy. Um, and I think I'm done growing, so I'll never be able to hit the six-foot mark. <laughs> So you're just stuck and career, career is over because you're never going to grow again. Just, I mean, just stunned. Absolutely. The potential is <laughs> that potential is no longer. But yeah, it's uh, I've been loving it. I mean, it, every day it just gets harder, but that's that's kind of the beauty of it. Absolutely. Yeah, Gunner, Gunner's our uh, head coach here at MVP Clinton. Um, handles a lot of that portion of everything. Very, very. Uh, just interested in his own learning, which makes him a great, great fit for that for that role. It makes it a lot easier for me to be able to handle uh, hand a couple things off and be really able to trust him in those things. Um, I think for any of you guys that are at the gym that know Gunner, uh, yeah, he's probably the biggest goober you probably will ever meet. Um, but he's, I mean, one of the one of the nicest guys you you could be around. Um, handles his own stuff. At, you know, there's. It's, it's been fun to watch his progress, just not necessarily just inside the gym, but also with all the, the parts of training that go uh, into training that doesn't involve being in the gym. The, the food side of things, you know, getting organized, having discipline, being able to manage your stress better, um, just different things like that. And it's, it's been really fun to watch his own progress in those um, because I know as, as he starts to understand that more and more and more, um, the more he's going to be able to help everybody that we work with also. Yeah. So. Got first question, Gunner. Um, I'll let you spin this how you want first. All right. Um, it's one of our athletes asked, how do I get past that mental block when I just don't want to train that day? I mean, like what, what, what have you done? Like, think back to, like, you could use JUCO, for example. I mean, that was, there's no way you want oh, no. to go through some of that. Not a day. Not a day did I want to go work out there, but I knew that... If I were to do the work, yeah, um, the reward would be there. Now, how big of the reward? Well, that completely depended upon my effort. 
Mm-hmm. And so I just knew whenever I go into the gym, if I don't give it my all, I'm not going to get to where I want to get because, for example, just like you said at JUCO, if I didn't, pardon my French, but if I didn't bust my ass, then I wasn't going to be able to get out and die at JUCO. You're done. So it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I'd say the biggest thing is just having a group to work out with, but, but also just knowing that things take time and perfecting things is, it's a consistent process. So you just gotta, you just gotta be able to enjoy struggling and seeing yourself improve day in, day out, regardless of how big it is. I like that. You said one of the things in there that, uh, that I, it's one thing for me too. group, like, um, it's, it's so much easier when we're doing, you know, workouts from chain to take us, you know, two to three hours, whenever we have four or five of us doing them that day, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's, it's yeah. super enjoyable. It's not just, um, it feels like there's something more. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, working out and doing a, mm-hmm. I mean, you're legitimately getting to have fun with your friends, like push each other. And, um, I, I think that in its, in and of itself is the reward. Like, yeah, you get, you know, your numbers go up and this, that, and the other, but shoot, when you're having a good time doing it, like makes it 10 times better. Yeah. I would, I would add to that and just say, uh, you know, like answering that again, you know, how do you get past that mental block in training? I think a lot of times this is what I've seen with myself. If my food gets too low, if my carbs aren't up high enough and my sleep gets off, how would I break that down? I'd start, it's three things for me. If my, if my carbs aren't high enough, if my sleep is off and if I'm super stressed out, mm-hmm. if I have two or two of three of those things at any given time, I mean, I don't like, I'm, I'm not wanting to do anything. I'm, I'm just, I'm tired. I'll do it, but I'm not excited for it. Yeah. yeah um, now when I, I will, I'll take that back. I'll do my main stuff. I won't do the extra morning sessions and stuff like that. I won't do those if I'm just at that to point. Yeah. And so what I think for anybody, the first thing I would check is their carbohydrate intake. If, you know, we could take a, uh, I would say a, a gram of carbs per pound for, you know, young, young athletes. Like let's take a junior high female girl that's 100, you know, 30 pounds, 1.5 grams, I think would, would suffice. So if she was eating, you know, close to 200 grams of carbs a day. She's probably going to be fine in terms yeah. of energy. Um, I just, I think that that gets really, really, really important though. The further you get and the more you want to train, it's like, obviously we know like the more you do, the more progress you make. So you want to train as often as you can, but if your carbs are down too low, you're just not gonna be able to do it. Um, and for some people, we'll just tell them to drink Gatorade during the workout, like before and during, uh, because that will give them some extra glucose, some extra carbs right around the workout for a little bit of an energy spike. Yeah. Um, I'd say on the sleep part, if you're... I'm usually, as long as I can get around seven and a half, if I can get that, I'm good. When I start having three, four, five days in a row of six to seven hours of sleep. Start struggling. Yeah. That, now, now I'm getting to the point where I'm not motivated to work out anymore. It's, it's like, feels like a chore instead of fun. Like, uh, I'm good. And then the last thing I'd say is the stress factor. It's like, it's, like I said, I know my sweet spot's about seven and a half. I, I'd say most athletes are going to be probably more eight to nine hours for their sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, uh, college softball pitcher uh she she tries to get like nine to ten really yeah i said she just functions at her best there um so i think that's a big one the last one just stress management you know if if somebody is always anxious and just uh constantly worried about this or that or that or like 
I, me for whenever I get in spurts of that. Like think about me at my worst. Like, well, there are some people that they stay like that 24 seven. Um, those people have no chance of training with, you know, a, a high intent, high volume and really making a lot of progress. I think for them, they, they need to start there. So that might be, you know, seeing a therapist or, or somebody to talk to, to try to get tools to better that part. You know, I say the base is happiness. Well, yeah, I mean, it truly is. If that part of your life is off and you're, you know, constantly stressed and there's not a lot you can do. The weight room is an extra stress. Yeah. Well, if your stress is already high, you can't add a whole lot of extra stress from the weight room. I would kind of, I would spurt off you saying the same thing, your nutrition, your sleep and your stress, being able to handle all those, a huge part of it. Well, you know, if you're handling all those things very well, you're on top of it, you've been doing it four, five, six weeks in a row, then you know you're going to kill it in the weight room. So you're like, all right, now I'm, I'm excited to see what I can do because you know you're going to be all right. If everything's clicking, then everything's clicking. But like you said, if two, two things are off, one or two things are off, then you're going to be like, ah, oh, man, you hit those I got to go do this. So it's just, I mean, the best thing I've ever heard you say, I think, is yeah. two hours inside the gym are important, but the other 22 hours outside of the gym are more important. So if you're able to really conquer those 22 hours, I think your, World's yours at that point. your happiness just shoots through the roof. You get in here and you're just, you're fired up. You're ready to pull some heavy ass weight. That's, I don't, I don't think anybody is told like, if you will literally just write down a list of things you enjoy mm-hmm. and put two or three of those things in your week, every week, you know, if there's, if there's smaller things, put it every day. Yeah. Um, try to have things daily that you really enjoy and then have a few big things that you enjoy each week. And, your ha- your base your that happiness is going to be higher the whole time. Well, now you can do more and you can handle more. Like you know, whenever I spent like last year, it was like I I really feel like I did like five months where it was really just me and me. Like Smush had passed away or nobody was here, and it literally just time I woke up, the time I went to bed, it was the same routine that was Great yeah time yeah. And it, but I got very 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 uh, I'd say like not not necessarily depressed, just like unsatisfied mm-hmm. and I realized how important it was to have social life mm-hmm. which and then that was right back to oh wow happiness really is the base like it's wellness is at the spec bottom spectrum of it all yeah. like you got to be well um being human is important yeah you got to have connections with people um what would you say this is another good one to have um what are some tips to have enough good food even when I'm super busy with sports mm, I struggle with that uh just because I'd be up there for six, seven hours a day and I'd be two meals behind. And then yeah, well, well, what would you do when you were 240-something pounds? How would you... I guess you didn't have enough good food. You just no. had enough food. Dude, there'd be some days where I'd go to the calf at, at the junior college and I would look at the food and I'd be like, well, looks like I'm eating ice cream again today. And I would just slam blue, like a giant plate of bluebell ice cream. No, yeah. that would be your meal. And then I'd go practice right after that. And I'd be like, it was that bad. Dude, I, I remember eating a raw chicken tender, like completely oh, raw. And I asked for another one and she was like, get in the back of the line. And I was like, okay, I apologize. <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't eat these chicken tenders ever again. Maybe. Um, but just preparation, man. I yeah. mean, that's it, it, what, so I guess you said though, like during that time, you at least had something. You were sitting there yeah. going ham on ice cream. So you're getting calories in. That Definitely was had the carbs. You know, fuel to get through the stuff. Maybe not the best source, but 
Uh, I'm assuming you go crazy at breakfast or dinner or something. Yeah. Since you weren't having a lot of calories through the day during like camp and things. Rock hard biscuits, fake eggs, and cold turkey sausage. That was those breakfast. That was breakfast, man. What would you do for dinner? Back in the calf? Ice cream. Uh, not every day, but I'd say probably two, three times a week, man, ice cream for dinner. I mean, it would be the same. Would you like have at least snacks or something at night or is that it? So this was a tip that my dad gave me. He used this. And this was only for what? A few months? Yeah. 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 Two, three months. Um, actually the calf quality. It was the whole junior calf quality. The whole three semesters. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. From start to end, it did not improve 1%. Um, I have no clue how you were weighing about 240 back then, man. I thought I looked good, man. <laughs> I thought I looked good, but turns out I had a little bit of a thickness on me. Almost like the food quality, you know, just wasn't quite there. Maybe maybe nutrition is a little bit more important. Oh, you can't just do a lot. Um, my dad had a, a technique that he would do his, his back in the 80s, North Texas strength and conditioning coach. 80-year-old man. Uh-huh. I don't even, like, ridiculously fold. Um, and he would tell my dad, who was probably 19, 20 at the time, he said, eat a full sleeve of saltine crackers, put peanut butter on them, and drink a six-pack of beer at night. And that was the tip. So that's what you would do a lot of the times. I would try and, you know, I'd eat the sleeve of crackers. I'd only eat drink about, like, seven or eight beers. But, uh... After I realized that, wow, I'm not, I'm not happy. I don't want to leave my room, and I'm just, I'm a pale loser. And I was like, maybe, maybe it's a little bit deeper than just maybe where I am now. Yeah, maybe it's not, maybe it's not junior college. Maybe it's how I'm treating myself at junior college. And if I would have known what I know now back then, different experience. Even better is I would have gone to Florida State. I would have gone to Florida State. <laughs> you'd have been five inches taller and you'd have been on Florida yes. State. Yes. Yeah, that's a secret they don't know yet of no. you know, how to grow five inches. We, we just haven't used it with anybody yet, but yeah, eventually we'll get it out there. I'm, I'm excited for the guinea pig, whoever that'll be. Uh, I'm trying to think. What would I say? Some of the tips have, tips have enough good food when super busy. Um, like... I wouldn't say I'm super busy with sports, but like I would say my day is pretty full usually. Like um, I only work I work relatively fifty to fifty five hours uh, a week, so it's not crazy crazy amount. But I train. That's sixty seventy hours. I'd say close to twenty yeah. hours a week. Um, so I mean that ends up being fifty seventy to seventy five hours a week. That's pretty much the whole day accounted for. Yeah. Um, every single day, and then especially when I'm traveling and things, I, I like I'm busy. Um, luckily I, I always have my food by me. Yeah. Um, but even when I travel, I think the biggest thing people make a mistake of, um, is traveling and not having anything with them. So just like, um, like I look back to myself in high school on like the bus to go to a game. Like what could I have done when I had, was like, you know, I'm busy with sports. I'm on the bus, blah, blah, blah. Like what a, I should have had a lunchbox with stuff in it. Yeah, the pizza, the pizza after the game. It wasn't enough. Yeah, exactly. I needed stuff before and things as well. Like, um, I would usually take a protein bar. I, I would do that in high school. I'd, I'd always have the muscle milk protein bars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have one of those before practice and one before uh, games and stuff. But I, I wish I'd have done it better. Yeah. Like looking back, I would have had, um, I would have had a thermos with my normal meat and rice. I'd have beef and rice with chicken thermos. stock and a thermos. 
and a lunchbox. Um, I'd have had a, a banana. I would have had a little bit of peanut butter. Things that were like I know that agree with my body. Mm. I'd have just kept the peanut butter just to slow down digestion of it all a little bit to get through the game. Yeah. Like I would have. That would have been. And then at halftime, I would have came in and I'd have used a, a, a carbohydrate drink mix. That's what I would have done. Um, but that's what it requires is preparing ahead of time. Yeah. Like if you know you're going to be busy, you've got to prepare before. Because if not, you know what they always say: if you uh, if you don't if you don't plan to if you don't plan, you plan to fail. Right. Like no plans equal you you are setting yourself for failure. Um, yeah. For for athletes per- performing at a high level, you know your usual breakfast in the morning. Your pre-game meal and your post-game meal is nowhere close to enough. For Not even for close to enough nutrition. calories. You're like, like 2,000. Dude, whenever I, uh, that meetup in Indianapolis, uh, Jake Emmerman, he came up there with me, helped me with everything. I didn't realize how much food he really said I was needing to eat that day. Like, I was just kind of eating like normal. Yeah. You know, I was just a normal training day in my head. No, that was competition day. That You need more calories. And so whenever you're, you know, a football game, a basketball game of this, and you're eating less... Because, oh, I have less time. Ooh, no, you've got to make the time. Yeah. Those are like, you know, having the lunchbox of snacks, uh, keeping Gatorade, like, you know, two 32-ounce bottles of Gatorade on hand, things that are just quick carb sources that your body can just, I mean, completely utilize throughout the game in that day. Yeah. Like, I would almost rather have, a, have an athlete have a high day, like a really high day for games. Because your stress is going to be higher, um, and we want some carbs to help ease that cortisol, keep it lowered. Because mm-hmm. um, if we can keep the cortisol down, you recover faster. Yeah. So you show up to train the next day and instead of you having 80% capacity to give out, you still got 95% capacity. Do that for two years in a row. You know, let's say you work out twice a, twice a week, that's 102, two years, that's 200 workouts. Who's gonna be further? The person who had 200 workouts at 95% or the person who had 200 workouts at 80%? I think we know that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 95% is going to be the one every single time. What would you say are, so let's go snack ideas. Like we talked about potentially having a lunchbox. What, what would you say, let's take a, um, let's, let's take the, the person working office job. Um, you know, they're, they're working overtime. They're, they're trying to, you know, they're on the grind. They're, they're putting, you know, 60 hour weeks in, 65 hour weeks in. And, you know, how are they going to get enough food throughout the day? What are some snacks they could use? <sighs> Man, my favorite snack, and you might disagree with this, but for satisfying my hunger and just giving me the energy, I'm like being go, convenient. I'm gonna go with Snickers bar, man. Really? Snickers bar. I mean, it does it to me. Like, like if you're like high stress, I can have Snickers. It's like it's like electricity through my body, just volts. So you you would be like. In theory, let's let's say you have you know somebody you're working with that is uh, more like a lifestyle uh, based client. They're not looking to compete. They're not you know an athlete currently. They're they're in their off season. They're um, they're just having fun training. Mm-hmm. You'd be down to be like, they say like, hey, this day of the week is always super stressful. You'd be like, what's your favorite thing to have? And then say they say Snickers. Okay, I want you to have one on those days. Do not get your Snickers from convenience stores. Get them from Walmart right before you check out. Because I think they're like right around a dollar and at a convenience store, they're like two. Why don't you just get the packs of them? Uh, see, if I had the packs, I'd eat the whole pack. Yeah, that's my problem. Uh, I got to get It's got to be a special a treat. Yeah. Special treat. So you can't get a whole pack of no. them. Special, no. special treat. I've learned that uh, putting down, just hogging four or five Snickers, mm-hmm. 
Not a good deal. Not the best. Not the, the uh, that's, I know some people probably think it's crazy. Like, oh, you'd have, well, you know, let's, the reason we say Snickers, for example, could be a good idea is um, it is a high density caloric uh, food. If, if we have an individual who is um, trying to be at their best for work as well as also trying to build their body at the same time, you know, if, if they're going six hours with no food and going completely catabolic on us, that's not a good thing. They're going to be wasting muscle. So if we can get that at some point when they're just, you know, dying through the middle of the day, that could help, you know, put them more in back into uh, less, ha- I wouldn't say anabolic state, but less catabolic. Um, mm-hmm. They're not going to have as much wasting going on because they have energy sources coming back in. Right. Um, it's, it's not the best thing, but for some people that might actually be their best option is how I look at it. I need to get your input on this. Yeah. Um, I was told by marathon runner that yeah. during workouts gummy bears yeah it's a it's a quick quick glycogen spikes like um that mix that i always have that y'all see me it's an intro workout mix that has like eaa's carbs it's got a whole bunch of stuff here something shane had said to use but i'd i'd used it in the past just a different way of doing it this is a different formula like it's a different supplement mm-hmm. um i think that's that would be my ideal for people is to have that because it's going to be a little bit cleaner carbohydrate source and things but if you're just training, you're burning it all up anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, gummy bears, gummy worms, things like that, they're, they're going to just get utilized during that time. Let me ask you this personal preference in regards to you liking it and its effectiveness. Snickers, gummy bears, Rice Krispies, where are you going? Oh, M&M Rice Krispies. M&M Rice Krispies? Yeah. They make those? Yeah. They have little candy pieces in them, like little M&M candy pieces. We're talking like tube M&Ms or we're talking like package M&Ms? Package. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'd say snack ideas add to that. Like for that situation, I'd say something like that. Um, you know, that I, th- I think my opinion would be to just have, always have things handy. So I'd rather say an individual have like a protein bar just on hand, always ready to go in case they're in a bind. Um, I'd say the same thing with athletes. Like I'm always just saying, keep protein bars on hand. Yeah. Like uh, if you're going somewhere and you're not sure you're going to have food at some point, put a protein bar in your, in your backpack for the day. Hmm. For the person working in the office, in your lunchbox, if you take your, your food to, to work with you, put it in there. If you don't take your food to work and you go get food, that's fine. Let's go ahead and keep some snacks in your drawer at the, at the office. We're going to keep you know protein bars. Uh, we can keep a little bit of nuts. Now, we don't want a whole lot of... I'd take that back probably nuts because if you're sitting there and you're snacking, Smash you'll nuts. put them down. Yeah. I'd rather see like protein bar, um, protein powder. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be in little Ziploc bags that they keep in there or it can, I mean, be the whole tub for all I care. And you have a blender bottle with you. Uh, I would say those would be the best, easy, convenient options for both situations. Like, and still be good choices. Um, especially if somebody's looking to be like leaner in a sense. Like I would, I would rather use that protein during that time. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm assuming they're pro- if they're not on meal prep, probably not getting enough protein. Right. So I'm just like, okay, use that as a time to put protein in for them. Yeah. So I, I like those. Um, another big one. Why do we train in groups at MAP? Like why don't we just do personal training with everybody? Why, why try to pair people up in groups? I think that's what sets us apart from most gyms. Because um, there are gyms where 
you can go in and get personal training, and it's usually just one-on-one -on -one or mm -hmm. you and another guy. But when you're with four or five of your really good buddies, some of your best friends, I mean, that just takes training to another level because you're able to say, well, I'm going to do more weight than you, or I'm going to do more <laughs> reps than you, and then it becomes a mind game. And just being able to have those little things that take it up 2 or 3% in your training is, I mean, incredibly important. Because we're always back to that equation, you know. Let's say we're at 90% at each session. Well, what if you push it up to 93? Mm. You have six workouts a week. So you, that person's got you know, like 300 workouts a year. Over two years, that's 600 at 3% better each. That's a lot of progress. Adds up, yeah. A lot of progress. Yeah. No, I'd say that and just having that accountability. Yeah. I mean, just... I mean, we, we have guys, I mean, that you've, you've torn apart just because they don't show up. And... That's okay. I mean, that's okay because shows that we care about them. Yeah, we want them to be better, but it's just it's just being able to properly communicate the importance of showing up consistently and being like there are certain pieces like you can't bypass these. Yeah, like it. I always look at the training as something here that like yeah, in the group setting, there's you know I feel like you get this uh, those part of that social need aspect that we all have, you meet that. Um, you get the environment, you get people that can push you. Um, I, you know, Westside Barbell was Westside because of the environment. They, I mean, the people were psychos. Like, they really, like, pushed each other. Like, pushed and pushed and pushed, and that's how they got so much better. Um, and I think whenever you have people that are, like, close, like, let's say people that are, you know, both within a few inches on their jump or, you know, a few pounds on their maxes or on their accessories, like, it makes you go harder. Like, you don't want to get caught in the person trying to catch the other one. I mean, they're really trying to catch them. So it makes them both keep going up. Yeah. Um, I think that's fantastic with it. Uh, but I think the big thing even with, beyond like the, even the groups, is that the, the training establishes, uh, you, you learn, like because we track it all, you learn that if you don't do X, Y, Z, your numbers won't go up. And then you look over and you see somebody else that's been there the same amount of time as you, and their numbers are... I mean, they've had a ton more progress than you. You have to face the fact at that point that it's, hey, it's, it's nobody else's fault but my own. So that's all you. And if you can learn that at, you know, as a junior high, high school, even young adult, um, if you can learn that through the training, sweet. That's just a cheat code for life. I think that's the this way we train with the PR system that we use is, I really think that's the big benefit. It's like we're taking these kids at you know high school level that forcing them to learn what self accountability is and and so forth and then they go off to college and they're do they're well prepared for life. Mm -hmm. I don't think school prepares us for life at all. Yeah. <laughs> Here it's you get rewarded for doing the right thing and uh, and it's not like we reward you. It's a self thing. Like yeah. you believe in yourself more. You see the reward. Absolutely. You feel the reward. Um, another good one we had. This will be last question on this. How to mentally handle more and more training year after year? How is that even possible? Like we always say, you know, you do more. Like the literally, year after year, we should be doing more. Period. I mean, it just comes down to what your goals are. If you see yourself and you're a, let's say, a 300-pound squatter and you want to be a 500-pound squatter, well, you know it's not going to be overnight. Oh, not at all. You know, it's going to be not over months. So I still remember being stuck squatting 365. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure 
your your goal in mind was squat six hundred, squat seven hundred, and how many years ago was that? Were you three sixty five? I was in CrossFit right before the first gym. So we did January of or April of twenty nineteen. So it's like March twenty nineteen, three years ago. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And you're already mid mid fives now. It's it's development over the years. Almost you, two, almost two hundred pounds, but it took three years, a little yeah. bit over three. Well, you're, yeah, you were you were the same person, but you weren't the same person. You know, what I'm your saying? brain's so much different. Your brain's different. The way you interact with the weights, the people around you in the gym, outside the gym, everything kind of the direction you're going shows exactly where you're going to be. You know, yeah. if you're just a sour attitude. You, You're not going to go. You you stop two or three reps early, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll reap those benefits. I mean, you'll reap those rewards. And so, I'd say biggest thing is just to know where you want to be, and just know that it won't be easy. There will be days where you fall on your face, just like today. Not, but don't. Yeah, and just know that hey, it's just a day. Like just one. It's, I'm fine. It's one rep. It's one set. Got, like okay, I looked at some things that can that I can fix, make it better. I can control those. Cool. Let me do this one thing. See how that affects things. And move on. Yeah. Like I think I think that's great. I would I would add to that and say like I am I'm trying to figure out what that limit is. Um, like for myself, and I see uh, guys like uh, Teddy, one of the regionals athletes we've worked with. He handles an insane amount of training volume year round, and so I've always been like thought about the crossfitters like how do they do this how do they handle so much training and not like burn out this that and the other it comes back to the base it literally is about happiness so if you're enjoying what you're doing the man who who loves to walk will walk for forever you know it's it's uh the man who just wants the destination at the end of the walk i probably not gonna make it yeah if you just love what you're actually doing yeah you're gonna be solid now i would say though that Back to the things of like um, that mental block in training. Again, if if you want to be able to handle handle more and more training year after year, you're like if you're adding sessions, for example, like you're going to handle more training, quote unquote, simply if you get stronger. Mm. If you get stronger, you'll handle more volume per session. So you handle more volume per week, more volume per month, more volume per year. Training is just a game of volume. Volume has to keep going up. So that's why people say maximal strength is the mother of all strengths. Mm. If maximal strength goes up, in theory, all these other things should come up with it as well. So when you when you chase maximal strength, I mean, let's say you 800-pound squatter in comparison to that, – that works out six times six, – six sessions a week, eight yeah. sessions a week in comparison to a 400-pound squatter who does three to five sessions. Their mental capacity is just so much – It's higher. It's, it's not on even on the different same level. building. Yeah. 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 That would be the thing I'd say has been the biggest difference. Um, like I would look at myself in high school and like – I would say like that kid was a like he was a pussy. He was a loser. Like he wasn't willing to bet on himself. His my life was too easy. Like I had anything I wanted pretty much at any given point. And it made my life too easy. I didn't know how to fight for things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in training you you can't run. Where you, you you're stuck with yourself. You literally have to face yourself, and, and either you figure it out or you don't. Yeah. And so I, I think that's a. I mean, that's, that's really just a big part of it is making sure that, uh, you know, if you're hitting maxes, you're, it's going to go up. 
But if you want to take it even further, you can. You can add more and more sessions, but you've got to be extremely, uh, you've got to manage your stress well. You've got to be happy in your life. Um, you know, having, having that list that we talked about of, of things you enjoy that fill your cup up, uh, you need to have those planned. Like, don't say, I, I think on this day I'm going to do this. No, like it's an appointment with yourself that you've got to go do because if you're at your best, everything around you is going to flourish. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're at your, you know, and you're just kind of going through the motions, this, that, and the other, well, one, your, your thought pattern, it shows. Like if, if you're, uh, for somebody who's just kind of mopey, and, uh, blah, 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 like their, thought, their thoughts in their head every day are terrible. Yeah. If they would change their thoughts, the rest would come up with it. Right. Uh, make, make them train and make, their, make them have PRs. And their thoughts slowly start to change a little bit. They start to believe themselves a little bit more. And you can, you can continue hitting on that. You, but you have to, again, you, you have to keep them happy as they go. And they've got to have enough food. If they don't have enough food, they're not going to mentally want to train. If they don't have things that are fun to do outside of the gym, they're not going to want to train. They've got to have things to look forward to outside of just working out. Uh, I remember watching a documentary on Jeremy Lin uh, whenever it was Lin Sanity, like whenever he was just going crazy. Uh, in his free time, he would always do stuff completely unrelated to basketball. Learn how to play, uh, I remember he was learning how to play the piano at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to have something to shut it off. And like mine, that's still a little tough for me because it is like all my work is also re- revolves around training. And so it's like there's no... You gotta learn how to step away. Yeah. And so like that, my step away is like eating out. Like, I can go to a restaurant, especially with friends, and man, that's like my, that experience alone is like just a highlight of my life. <laughs> I don't know why, it just is. That's one of my favorite things. That or just being around water, Love period. Water. I like swimming, I like just, just literally like sitting there, and I don't know why I'm so peaceful always. Big water guy? Yeah, just hey. peaceful to me. Let me, let me. let me go a different route. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who have that mopey attitude who are quote-unquote down in the dumps, mm-hmm. what would be the first step to, besides happiness, figure out what makes them happy, what would be their first step to switching their mindset? I think one is, of course, like, you know, assessing, like, what are some things that make me happy and, you know, doing one or two of those. Mm-hmm. And then I think you continue to do that a little bit more and, you know, hey, I'm, you start to feel a little bit better. Uh, but I think also with those people, you've got to get them active somehow. Whether that's walking, like it might be, you know, someone who's overweight, uh, they've never done an exercise program. Well, if they will just, if you can get them to walk even ten minutes a day, twice a week, twice, a, I mean, just get something. If you can find whatever that lowest entry point is, get them to that. Um, you know, for some that'll be walking. For some that's, uh, you know, showing up to, you know. At the training here uh, as a junior high high school athlete, you know, showing up here as an adult. It's literally just, I think we all know inherently what that next step is. We just have to be willing to do it always. Uh, and, I, and I think it, it helps a lot if you have supportive people around you that, like, can encourage you in that. So if you're, if you're by yourself and, you know, just, just you and, uh, man, your chances are, are slim. How about, how about we, you know, find some of the things that make us happy. We start doing some of those and, hell, we invite, you know, one of our friends to come do some of those things with us. You never know what that's gonna turn into. Yeah. That might be the spark that allows that person to you know, go, go start doing more. Hey, maybe I, wanna, uh, maybe I wanna just walk, and then they, hey, maybe I'd like us to, hey, let's go try out this lifting thing, and you go from there. It's just one little thing always leads to the neck. It's like a, tr- a bunch of just dominoes hitting each other and falling. I would, I mean, the importance of community 
and the importance of a group around you is so I'll go back to Juco mm -hmm. from the moment I woke up to the moment practical well, really to the moment I went to sleep it was just a grind mental grind physical grind everything I mean we would just be doing unscientific lifting and unscientific conditioning. it was just work it was just pure mental work yeah and the only thing that got me through that was my juco buddies and i and I, I bonded with them and the fact that we had to just go through so much shit consistently non-stop it became comical and then we were able to bond over that and that made us happy because like a shared suffering yeah, exactly. Back I mean, to why don't we train in groups? It's like I really feel like we have tried to take every single thing we could possibly put together and design training programs for people that way. I really, really do. Even like with the online stuff you're doing now, mm -hmm. you talk about this group and you need, you're designing an online group for these people to be able to, you know, it's, I think it's like, cause it's not always that you get to have, you know, your best friend right there by your side all the time. But man, if you at least have some type of group out there, some type of support group of people you can go to, like that's that's the key. Yeah. Those are that's the key to continuing whenever you feel like shit, and that's also the key, for, I, I think, for uh, being able to give back. Like whenever you're good, I think it's very important to give back. When you don't, you kind of get hardened and calloused. Mm -hmm. and then you're, uh, yeah. yeah. So I think that's important to have not just people that can fill you up, but you can also fill back up as well. Yeah, lifting lifting with a group or a partner mm -hmm. incredibly important but you don't even have to do it every time i mean just do, do you it. even have like maybe once a once a month i think for some changes people. the way you train changes the way you, you think about you learn it. stuff from from that every single time it doesn't matter if they're ahead or behind in terms of you know their current progress look back at their look back at their last two years mm -hmm. how much have they progressed over the last two years oh wow they have a lot hey i bet they probably know something you don't cool go work out with them and you'll yeah. learn Got to find people. And you might not keep everything, but you'll learn one or two things you want. Got to find those people that have what you want mm -hmm. and follow them. Literally. So here we are. Yep.